Good morning, church. Dave, you're not allowed to play that song before I preach anymore. Such a good song, isn't it? Maybe it's the song we need to sing every Sunday before we open up his word and a reminder of God's faithfulness. That no matter what comes our way, he is good. Amen? Amen. Hey, grab your Bibles and you're going to open them up to Joshua chapter 24. Um, I've, I try, I really do try to get through these sermon series and it just gets stretched out. You know, the book of John was going to be, well, you know, a year or so. Um, Adventures in Bible was basically, let's, let's hit some of the Old Testament cool stories that the kids did in Sunday school. Remember the flannel graphs and, and uh, let's hit some of those stories. But then I got stuck in Joshua here for a month or so. Um, you know, the main one was uh, the Battle of Jericho, but we found out there's so much more in there, right? And so uh, this week I hope to wrap up Joshua with just some concluding thoughts of what Joshua had to say to his people and what I believe God has to say to us. Before I do, I just want to take you back to 2004, Summer Olympics. Matt Emmons, uh, incredible sharpshooter. He um, basically was, was competing to win his second gold medal. And all he had to do was hit somewhere near the bullseye. He didn't even really have to hit the bullseye. But anywhere near the bullseye would give him his second gold medal. And uh, so when he got into his target position, got his gun out, honed in on the bullseye, it just like he would normally do, deep breath, pull the trigger, boom, bullseye. But then he sort of looked over at the judges. They sort of looked at him oddly, and something wasn't right. Computer malfunction, target malfunction, something wasn't right because it didn't register that he hit the bullseye. What happened was he crossfired and shot the next target over accidentally. He had lost focus. All he had to do was just get anywhere near on the target. He gets a goal, but he completely loses focus and hits the target next to him and does not get the gold medal. When I think about what happened to Matt, Reminds me so much what happens to us. We are moving forward in life. Everything seems to be so good. And just like, all I got to do is just wake up today and it's going to be good. Life is so good for me. And then something goes out of focus and it just wasn't what we expected for that day or for that year. Seems like, right? Joshua chapter 24. If you look there with me, it may seem like... um, So many of these stories recorded in Joshua have similar themes of faithfulness and obedience, obedience and faithfulness. It's like which came first, the chicken or the egg, the egg or the chicken. Um, Which one came first, faithfulness or obedience or obedience or faithfulness? I think they go hand in hand when it comes to serving our Lord. We want to be faithful to him, so we're going to obey him. And when we obey him, we are faithful to him. And we see this sort of just keep jumping out through the pages of the book of Joshua. So as we read through the history of these people, they occupied this promised land, land that God gave them. And there are stories after stories of victory. I mean, every battle, victorious, victorious. There's only one battle in which they lost, which I spoke of last week, which I had to laugh at because when I came in this morning during first service, I was in the back and Dan's back. He goes, wow, there's more people here than last week. And I'm thinking, I started counting them going, Oh, yeah, we didn't have church last week because of the snowstorm. Uh, that makes sense. And so you got me good. Good job, Dan. But I was sitting there thinking last week, that was the only negative story in Joshua was that one defeat. Everything else is victory after victory after victory. Matter of fact, if you look at chapters 11, 12, it lists all these kings that were defeated by Joshua and his people. 
one victory after another, and they conquered this land, they possessed it. And victory came to these people because of why? Because they were obedient to God. With obedience comes victory. With disobedience comes curses, is what we often read throughout Scripture. But where did these people find this victory? Well, they were following somebody who followed God. His name was Joshua. Joshua was obedient to God. When you open up your Bible to the very first chapter of Joshua, the first thing we learn is the recipe for success. Do a word search in the Bible sometimes for success. You're only going to find it in a couple places. This is one of them. And that, where do we find success? When we do not depart from God's word, when we focus on his word, do not go to the left, do not go to the right of it, meditate on it. That's when we find success, when we focus on his word. When we lose focus, like Matt Emmons, we miss the gold, we miss the mark, right? Well, this is what we learn and we've learned from Joshua. He fulfills the call by God. He obeys. The people follow Joshua as he is obeyed. And when the dust clears and the fighting ends, the 12 tribes of Israel are divided up into different places to occupy, different land places. Before they move out to all their different places where they're going to occupy land, Joshua's got one final message. Actually, he had three, chapters 22, 23, and 24. He's a soldier. He's not a pastor. He's, he's an administrator. He's not a speaker. But he gives three sermons. And I want to focus on chapter 24, the last one that he gave, because it is definitely focused and on spot. Joshua chapter 24, starting in verse 2, he reminds the people of who God is and what God did for them. He starts off by saying, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. And then he moves on using um, not so much first person, but a third person terminology. It's as if God is right there speaking and God's just going to speak right through Joshua. He's just going to be the mouthpiece. God's going to do all the work here. So he begins with reminding them of their dreaded past. And before we get into what goes on, you know, you sit there and think about there's nothing like living separate from God. It's, it's a horrible time in our life. I don't know if you can think back to when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. When did you first surrender your life to Christ? Do you remember that moment? For some of you, you might have grown up in the church, and so it sort of blends right in with your, your Christian walk. And for some of you, you didn't come to know Jesus until you are in middle school, high school, maybe college, maybe recently. Maybe there's somebody in here or somebody watching online right now. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. And so you sort of like question like, uh, what's he talking about? See, before you come to know Christ, life is pretty messy. With the choices we make, the actions, and the, the things we say. And then we come to know Christ. Joshua says, look what he says here. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River. They worshiped the other gods. He's like, hey, you remember? Let's go, let's go way back. Remember before Abraham, there was a lot of false idols that were worshiped. You didn't, you didn't listen to God. You didn't know God. Remember those ugly days, those worthless idols you followed. Remember all that? He takes them back in time and says, Father Abraham, that's where our history begins. Our heritage begins with faith. Let's, let's read through verses 3 through 13. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates, led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau, I gave the mounds of Sarah while Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. 
Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt. Afterward, I brought you out as a free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioters. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes, you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of the land. Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you, and so I rescued you from Balak. When you crossed the Jordan River and you came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them. And I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. And it was not with your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you land that you had not worked on. I gave you towns you did not build, the towns where you are now living. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. It's God. God did all of this for them. Remember that. God gets all the glory. And it's like God's just speaking through Joshua. Joshua's like, this is what God did. This is what God did. This is what God did. Remember all this? Remember all this? He takes these people down memory lane. And a lot of them heard stories from maybe from their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. All this got passed on. But God wants them to remember who they are where they came from, and how far they have come. He brings them up from Abraham, well-respected man of God. This is our patriarch. This is where our heritage comes from with our faith. But he wasn't perfect. Abraham worshipped false gods prior to his meeting with God. They didn't know God, but God chose them. God chose them. Church, listen up. We're all messed up. None of us are perfect. I stand before you as one who can basically proclaim that day in, day out. Romans 3, 10 to 12, no one is righteous. No, not one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. And somebody says, hey, did you ever get your name in the Bible? Right there. (laughs) Right there. That's me. You know, I messed up. But my name is also in the Bible where it says, For God so loved the world. That's us as well. God calls us out. Gives us new life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now go back to Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. It says this, So fear the Lord. Serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods and the Amorites in whose land you now live in? Joshua is saying, listen, listen people, make your choice. Who are you going to worship? Who are you going to worship? The gods of your great-great-grandfathers, your forefathers, the gods who served in Egypt, the, the gods beyond the Euphrates River, the gods that the Amorites worship in this land? Or are you going to serve the one true God? 
Church, what gods are you going to serve? Are you going to serve your job, your occupation, your skills, your money, your car, your house, your family, or the one true God? Our gods, our false titles just look a little different than they did back then. But basically, anything other than God that you follow is a false god. And as Joshua stood before the people and said, who are you going to follow? The same question goes to all of us. Who are we going to follow? And it's not about if you're going to choose. It's not about if you're going to follow God. It's who. We all follow somebody or something. The question is who. This isn't a blind leap of faith. Remember, Joshua just reminded the people of God's faithfulness. He started way back with Abraham. He goes, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? He can do it again. He did. He can do it again. That last song we sang is a testimony to this. Our God is faithful. If he can do what he did back with Abraham and Isaac, just keep going right down the line. Can he do that with you and I? Absolutely. And I think that's why that song gets me every time. Because I have the same cry to God saying, if you could do it then, can you please do it now? Joshua replies, and I love how Joshua, he's like, he gives this great message. And then he just sort of wraps up with this big punch. He says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Regardless of what you do, regardless of your choice, me, my family, we're serving the Lord. And I love that he didn't just say, it's just for me, I'm serving the Lord. No, he goes, as for me and my family, because see, I'm the father. So therefore, I will lead my family. So me and my family, we will follow the Lord. And, you know, yeah, they will make their own choices. They may not do things that I agree with. But I will do everything I can to help them to know the God that I love and serve. And I love how Joshua makes that very clear. And what he says is, by the way, that verb that he uses is a continuous action. Today, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Tomorrow when I wake up, we will serve the Lord. The next day, we will serve the Lord. Because I'm going to continually tell you. And choose to serve the Lord. Did Joshua have doubts? He made this great message and speech and God spoke through him. And the, but, but let's remember, Joshua is a man. Did he have doubts? Did he have temptations? Did he ever feel like giving up? Did he ever feel worthless? Did he ever, was he ever put in positions in which maybe he would maybe taint his testimony a little bit? Yes, 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 and yes. All yeses to all those, of course. He knew that people would doubt, and they would face temptation too. That's why he reemphasizes the choice that he made in verses 19 to 24. And he says this to the people. Look with me in verse 19. He warns the people. He says this. You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he'll turn against you and destroy you, even though he's been so good to you. But the people answered Joshua, no, 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 we'll serve the Lord, we'll serve the Lord. Now understand, Joshua's not trying to discourage their faith. He's just being real with them. He says, listen, you're going to commit to following the Lord? This is what it means to commit to following the Lord. This isn't one of those... Hey, we come to church, we sing. Oh, thank you, Pastor Rex. Boy, God's word is good. I love worship. And we go out the door and we just go live whatever we want to live. It's very easy to say, yes, I'm all in. And then you walk out the door and you're all out. You know what I'm saying? And for Joshua, he's like, don't be telling me that you're going to serve the Lord 
and then not serve the Lord because God will hold you accountable. He knows when these people make this choice, it's their responsibility now to fulfill the choice that they are making. Verse 22 goes on to say this, you are a witness to your own decision. Joshua said, you've chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, yes, they replied. We are witnesses to what we've said. All right then, Joshua said. Destroy the idols among you. Turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. It's almost like, you know, Joshua, like, do you mean it? <laughs> do you mean it? Cross your heart, hope to die, stick a needle in your eye, right? Do you really mean it? Think about this. Can you say the same thing? Here's three simple phrases. Do you believe this? Do you believe that God has rescued you from a past that you cannot change? You can't change your past. Let's remember this. Do you think God's rescued you? Do you believe God's rescued you from that past? Here's the second question. Have you placed your faith in God? Do you believe that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to save you? Because he has such love for you. Do you believe that? And do you choose to seek forgiveness daily, choosing to walk in obedience with God and serving Him? Do you believe those things? I'm not going to ask you to stand if you believe it, but in your, in your, in your, in your minds, in your hearts right now, if I were to say, if you believe those things, would you stand? And, and hopefully everyone in here would stand, right? Because that's what they did with Joshua. But then Joshua's like, you believe that? Yes, yes, yes. Now let's go live this. Let's do this, right? And the question is, though, but how? Because sometimes it is so hard. Because pain comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Challenges come from all directions. How do we stay focused and being obedient and faithful to God when so much comes our way? Let's go back to what Joshua said. It begins right here. with keeping the focus on his word. And if it's not so much God speaking to you, you read about what God did with others. And remember, that's the same God that you serve. And if he can do it for them, he can do it for you, right? The people sort of stood around. They're like, yeah, yeah, we got this. We're all focused, I think. But were they? See, here's the scary thing. Joshua then passes away at age 110. You turn to Judges chapter 1, the very next book. And it says that the people there basically went out back to their plots, their land that was given to them. And it says, they failed to drive out the people in the land. They failed to, and finish the sentence. I can't remember how many times I read the phrase, they failed to, they failed to, they failed to. They just said, we'll do it. And then they failed to. When I sit there and think about this, they failed to drive out the people. They were being disobedient. God said, this is what you need to do. And they didn't do it. They chose their own way. And the church, let me just tell you right now. If you choose to walk away from God, he'll let you. He's not this mean God that's got a leash on you and pulls you back. Oh, he calls for you. And your heart probably feels it. But he'll never yank you back. You've got to come back on your own. Well, these people... As much as they told Joshua, we will, we will, they didn't. And they suffered. They got off course. And I'm sitting there thinking, how can you get off course? You just had God speak to you through this incredible leader, and then you're off course. How does that happen? How could, how could you lose sight of where you're going? 
And then I remembered how life works with all of us. Many of you know that I love to hike. I have a passion for hiking. I love the wilderness. I love getting out and hiking. And um, there was one particular hike that I took one of my sons on. And uh, I said, basically, we're going to explore this together. Um, never hiked the trail before. Never been there before. Didn't know much about it. I did do some reading, what kind of wildlife. I like to know what might be out there with me, whether it's mule deer, quail, rabbits, snakes, tarantulas, coyote, wolves, all those of the above, wild, wild horses, wild uh, burrows. They're all part of this hike, uh, possibly to see. So knowing what was out there, it's like, this is going to be awesome. Let's go. So we, we started our hike. It was a late afternoon. We were enjoying God's creation. You can see how beautiful it is. Um, you can see the cactus. There's a lot of cactus out there, by the way. A lot of uh, different things. And we came upon a, another hiker and said, hey, you're out here about the right time. Just a few hundred yards ahead, you're going to probably see some mule deer. They usually come right through here. And I, you know, I'd noticed, I'd seen a lot of the tracks. I've been keeping my eyes open. As, I, as you hike, you always do this. You look at different paw prints, animal prints. And then um, there's, there was all kinds of droppings everywhere. So you know the trail was well used. So I'm thinking, this is great. You know, he's heading back to the trailhead to get back to his car. We're heading further into the valley. And uh, as we're going, um, soon realized, you know what? Uh, this area is, gets dark really quick. As the sun pulls behind the mountains in that valley, it gets dark quicker than I thought. Much quicker than I thought. Next thing I know, you know, it's like, hey, we better turn around. We've been out here an hour or so, and uh, let's head back because it's probably going to take us another hour to get back to where we need to be before it actually gets dark. It got dark in like in 30 minutes less, and we lost the trail. And all I knew was that's the direction we got to go. I could see cars on the highway pretty far away, and between the cars and me and my son, a lot of wilderness. There's a trail out there somewhere. And there's animals out there. And there's a lot of cactus out there. A lot of cactus. Anyway. Oh, and by the way, the day before, um, three hikers got stranded up on Bear Mountain. That was the last year when I was on my sabbatical. I hiked Bear Mountain, showed you pictures. And you know, you know what's in the back of my mind right now? That story, Right? And so anyway, as we're hiking and heading back, all I knew this, we, we got to keep moving forward. Now, as my son's probably thinking, this is cool, right? Man, we're out in the wilderness. There's all kinds of wildlife. I'm sitting there going, I'm responsible for my son. And we still got a couple more days ahead of us. I don't want our first hike on our first day to ruin the rest of our trip. And I love seeing animals, but not in the dark. Okay. And so we start hiking through the cactus, and we run, and we walk. We better pick it up again, you know. It sort of depends on my anxious moments. Yeah, we better get going again, so we go quicker. Part of me is like, though, maybe, you know, part of me just wants to sit still. You know, maybe we shouldn't move. Because I knew there was some, I thought there was one more hiker that was still out there, and maybe he's going to, we'll see him on a trail, and we'll be able to find the trail. Because, but we couldn't sit still. But then I thought about this. We knew the general direction. We just got to keep walking. Now is not the time to be still. Even though I preached a sermon a couple weeks ago on learning to be still, this was not a moment to be still. This is a moment to move. And I knew we had a mile plus to go. And I knew we'd run. I knew we'd walk. 
I just knew we couldn't stand still. Now, I'm thinking more about this, that there are times in our life when we sort of lose focus. We sort of get off trail. Things around us get dark. I was thinking about some of you who've lost a loved one. When someone close to you dies, it hurts and part of you goes with them. And you just sort of sit there and you feel like, I don't know if I can go on. Meanwhile, the rest of the world's going on. Everybody else is moving. And you feel like, I can't move. And I sort of felt like that as we're out in the wilderness. I'm seeing all these cars on the highway. It's like, they're going. They're having fun. Just down the road even further is a big city. Oh, they're having fun in the big city. And I'm out here in the dark right now. And I don't know if I can move forward. Some of you feel that way when you lose a loved one. Some of you maybe feel that way when it comes to relationships. Something went bad in your marriage. And you don't feel like you can go on. But it seems like everybody else is going on. Valentine's is coming. And I'm not looking forward to that holiday. And you just feel like I can't move forward. Maybe it was by accident that you got off trail and you lost focus of the direction you needed to go. And instead of being submissive to to God's word, you sort of went your own way. After all, when we look in Scripture, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep, we've all gone astray. We've all gone our own way. So sometimes we purposely go off trail. The next thing you know, we're stuck in the darkness. So for those of you right now that feel like you're sort of stuck off track, off focus, in the dark, alone. All I can say to you right now is I understand and keep moving. Keep moving. It is hard. When you're off trail and you think everybody else is just moving right along and life's going on, but you're stuck, move. A few feet, inch by inch, whatever it takes. I want to encourage you to take a step and to move forward. Eventually you'll get there, and it may take a while. You may even stumble back onto the trail and be safe. But when serving the Lord, I know this, it is challenging. And there are days when everybody wants to give up in their faith. Not too long ago in my journal, with tears in my eyes, I penned, Why aren't you answering my prayers, God? And I was mad. And in big, bold letters, I scribbled, I'm done. As if I could walk away from God, right? But that's how I felt. And I continued to write two more words. And like, I'm done. And I wrote it again. And, and I just closed my journal and sat down and walked away from my quiet time that morning. We all have those moments when we're, where it's like, I know I'm not in a good place. I'm off trail right now. And I'm surrounded by wilderness and I know I got to move forward. It might be painful to move forward, but I got to move forward. And you do, right? But I believe. Those songs we sang this morning, Dave didn't know what I'm preaching on. I don't know what he's singing. And then I'm sitting there and I'm trying to keep it together as I'm singing because it's everything that's in this sermon for me to say, yes, I believe. That's why I want to keep moving forward. That's why as a pastor, I want you to keep moving forward. I don't want you to give up. I know life is tough. 
Luke chapter 11, Jesus is with his disciples and his disciples are like, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he's like, this is how we pray. Our Father, our name, he gives them the Lord's Prayer, right? And he goes, wait, I want to, I want to share some more with you. He goes on to say this. Let's, let's, let's imagine that you're in your home and somebody comes knocking on your door, right? And, and they're, it's past bedtime. You've put everything away. It's, you're, and by the way, back then you probably had was one big room and everybody just pulls their mats out and they lay them down in your family, you're asleep. And there's somebody's knocking on the door. Hey, can you, can you open up? Well, in, back in those days, you would open your door, you would feed them, you'd show hospitality. Be like, man, I'm sleeping. My family, we're all sleeping. And, and you want me to get up and open the door and feed you? And it's like, no. And, well, keep knocking, you know. And Jesus says this. He goes, he goes, I tell you this, though he won't do it for a friend's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and he'll give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. I think that's what we all need right now is shameless persistence to keep going when life is tough. Jesus goes on to say, so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Church, keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Shameless persistence. The life of a Christian is never easy. If you signed up for Christianity and you thought, well, somewhere it said it's going to be easy. It's never easy. Some days it's easier than others. and It's a joy, no doubt about it. I love having faith in God and I love seeing what God does. But some days we lose focus. And on those days we need the shameless persistence to keep moving forward. And the overarching all thought to all this is that, yeah, life is scary and sometimes we lose our way and sometimes it gets dark around us, but then we just got to stop and lift up our eyes and fix them back onto Jesus Christ. I know for my son and I, it was, we got to rediscover the trail. We got to rediscover our way. All I know is the lights are that way. The road's that way. Let's just move that direction. We did some zigzagging because of the terrain, but boy, it's just, let's just get back on focus, right? Well, these people back in Joshua fell short of what God asked them to do. They lost focus. Another lesson for us to learn, right? They blew their responsibility. They, a new generation, it says, of ungodliness reared its ugly head. See, Joshua said, as for me, what? And my house, my kids, we're going to serve the Lord. It was like, yeah, us too, but what happened? They didn't raise up their kids in a godly way. And a generation was lost. And I'll read through Judges, it got ugly. We're doing what we can, right? When it comes to trying to encourage your children. What I love on a Sunday morning is looking out and seeing youth. Hearing a baby cry. Seeing high schoolers and junior highers and youth. I love it. You know why? Because that means your parents love you enough to get you here. And some of you maybe love it enough to get you got your parents here. I don't know. But kids, let me tell you something. It matters that you hear about God. It matters that you know that there's a God that loves you. Because as you grow older, you need that faith in God to keep you going. 
We are so adamant right now. Just turn on the news, Chicago, Teachers Union, all that kind of stuff. You're like, are you kidding me? A big argument. We've got to get our kids back in school. And they're, they're, they're just fighting over this. A big controversy about educating the children. I am so thankful for our teachers and administrators around here. Thank you for teaching our kids. Thank you for opening up the schools. Thank you for, for getting them offline. There's been a lot of online. It's challenging. Um, some people do better than others, but I know kids need to be in school. They need to see their teachers' faces. They need to, to have that gathering. So thank you for doing that. We need these kids, not only though, to be in school, we need them in a relationship with the Lord. We get upset and we demand that our kids get the education they need. What about their education with the Lord? We'll drive them thousands of miles all over cross-country for every extracurricular activity we can think of. We will pay all kinds of money to make sure our kids have everything they need. And then, oh, churches, oh, well, it's a little foggy out. I probably better not go. But we'll drive through a snowstorm to make sure they can win their, you know, five-inch trophy. Now, I'm not knocking that. I've got three boys. We went through all the tournament stuff. We did that. We still do some of these things. I get it. It's not to harp on you. I'm just saying, sometimes I've got to read folks and say, what really matters? Oh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord unless i got this tournament going on. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, unless something better comes up over here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord unless I really need to sleep in a little bit longer. It's hard to stand before the Lord and tell him you're going to serve him and then you back out, right? And again, I'm not here to, to step on any toes. I want to hear to encourage you say, if you are going to serve the Lord, let's serve the Lord. Let's do it together. And I'm encouraged when I see families gathering because you're doing it. You are trying to serve the Lord. And it matters to you to get your kids here. So, so kids, listen, if you parent, you're thinking, my parents got me up. That's because they love you. That's why you're here this morning. You've got a God that loves you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, it takes time. Press on. Press on. You know, it only takes minutes to read about all the battles that Joshua fought. It took seven plus years for all those victories. It took time to be victorious. It took time to follow through. Worship team, could you come forward, please? Joshua eleven fifteen. I want to read this verse to you because it's in the middle of Joshua and it's a verse that just really sticks out. It says this, as the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua. Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. In the King James Version, it says he left nothing undone. Basically, if there was a list of to do things for Joshua, Joshua's marking them all off. God told me to do this. Done. God told me to do this. Done. He's just hitting through all of them. Love that verse. If someone were to show up and say, hey, Joshua, you, you didn't do it. He'd say, ah, look, look I did it. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to follow through. I'm leaving nothing undone. So church, what has God asked you to do? Has he said, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you should do this. Has God spoken to you lately and said, keep going, keep going, but you're sort of like, I don't know. Leave nothing undone. Be obedient to the Lord. Obedience, faithfulness, they go together. You know, as my son and I were about 100 yards from the road, we stumbled back onto the trail. Oh, glorious day. You know, some of you are like, Rex, when you tell stories about your trips... It's always sort of scary. 
please don't go on a vacation with us. And some of you are like, let's see, where should we go hiking? Don't ask Rex. I only, you know, 90% of the time, it's all good, okay? The 10% is the part I share with you. Because it wouldn't be fun to share all the fun stuff. Or the, the, oh, that was just as planned, okay? That's not fun. But we were so glad to get back onto that trail. I was probably more excited than my son was. He was probably like, oh, the trail. But I knew we would be okay. As soon as we got back on focus, back on trail, it was like, it's still dark, but I'm on trail now. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. When we made it back to the truck, it was dark. We were sweaty. We were tired. Uh, my heart was beating a little bit faster than his. Um, we looked down. I had stuff on my shoes, things we stepped in. I had parts of prickly cactus all over my sweatpants, evidence that we ran through things we shouldn't have been running through. But we made it. And that's what happens when we go off trail. Some of you have scars that you really don't want to carry. You've had moments in your life that have left things that's like, I'm going to carry this with me. But those are reminders of where you were. They're reminders of God's faithfulness to get you where you need to be now. Going off trail in life or sitting in the dark can definitely be scary, church. You can be paralyzed by emotion, not sure if you can move forward, but let me tell you right now, you can. You can. God is a faithful God. Trust Him. Obey Him. When you get off trail, find somebody to walk with you. Put your focus back on that direction you're supposed to go. And just please move forward. Inch by inch if you have to. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to he who knocks, the door will be opened. Would you stand, please? I don't know the timing for when. I don't know the answer for how. But I know God. He's faithful. Faithful to the end. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an amazing God you are. Lord, I know there are many in our church, including myself, where we've had these moments where we were spiritually off trail, where we lost sight of you or lost sight of what it meant to live for you and it got scary. And some of us have sort of been paralyzed in our emotions and sort of just stopped, not sure how to go forward. We need to get back on track. Maybe it starts with confession. So God, if there's somebody right now in this room or listening online that just needs to confess right now. God, hear our confessions. Hear our prayers. Forgive us, Lord, for the things that we've done that we know are wrong. Forgive us, Lord, for the actions we've, we've committed and the things that have offended you. Forgive us, Lord. For those of us that, God, maybe we, we don't need that forgiveness. We're just hurting. We don't know how to move forward. God, would you bring somebody alongside Alongside us right now. Your spirit, Lord, is that is that person. Grab our hand, Lord. Help us to start taking steps forward. We may feel like we're in the dark, but we know there is a light, and that light is you. We know we need to keep moving. Help us to do that, Lord. 
God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for Joshua. He was just obedient. He was faithful to the end. And he said, I'm going to serve me and my house. What a committed man that, to take his family to. God, thank you for the families in here that are committed to, to raising up their children in a godly way. And God, there's so many other things out there. And they're all, they're all good. The activities, the extra, they're all good. But God, help us not to lose focus on you in the midst of all those things. Help us, Lord, to continue to seek you. Seek you first is what you tell us in your word. God, I thank you for opportunities like this where we can come and worship you and sing of your greatness, sing of your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for how you're working in the lives of people right here, right now. God, as we sing to you, I ask that your spirit continue to move. I ask that your spirit continue to whisper into the ears that need to hear still something, one more thing. Whatever it is, God, speak to them. And God, may we surrender to you just as the people did. But God, help us to stay on track. We love you, Lord. In thy name we pray. Amen.